Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to the Jazzy's Podcast. I jump again into tales of sometimes Let it leaves all around and not even rhyme Faded sensation on a clear photograph I'm a time traveler looking for you Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call the Jazz is Podcast, and it's brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Our guest today is Uta Lemper, the New York-based German singer and dancer and multidisciplinary artist renowned for her interpretations of the Brecht Files songs and her performances on stage in such acclaimed musical productions as Chicago and Cabaret, among many other things. And the occasion is the release of her new album, Time Traveler, which presents a program of her own material and personal reflections on her past, present and future, enriched with literary references and a cohesive, immersive soundscape. The album is out now, and we talk about it in this podcast, but we also draw on the recording's concept by exploring some of her memories. We'll journey through some of Lemper's remarkable past experiences, her role as an ambassador for the Weimar Republic's cultural legacy, and even talk about an unforgettable extended conversation that she had with none other than Marlena Dietrich. Lots to talk about, so let's get to it. Fire up an audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz's podcast. Sideways, it becomes a bridge. And if it rains, gorgeous, let it rain. I'm a time traveler looking for you. Hello, Uta. Welcome to the Jazz's podcast. Hello. Welcome and hello from New York. <laughs> I like to ask the artists that I speak with to share a memory with me from early childhood. You know, when they think back to it, they realize maybe that's where my fascination and passion for music began. Uh, now, is there a moment like that or a memory like that for you that kind of comes to your head and that you'd like to share with us? Well, I definitely always thought that music was my best friend when already when I was a child and certainly much stronger when I was a teenager. And we're looking back decades now. Um, I have to say it was probably around uh, 1975 when I uh, first heard uh, The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. And my big brother uh, played this record, uh, LP, um, on and on. And I said, this is the most incredible music that takes me away on another journey. where in a place in a universe where I want to live. Well, I was doing lots of things at the time. I was already studying dance and theater and music and, uh, and, uh, and, and singing. I was starting, but, um, really this record transported me into another universe and I can still access that universe. And sometimes when I write my own music and I produce it and I make songs, I still try to like reference to that magical universe. 
That's really interesting, actually. Uh, another question I could ask you, of course, in beginning this podcast is what came first? Uh, your love and ambition uh, to pursue a career in music or the theater? I would say uh, music came first. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I did love dancing and I started, you know, as a young child already with uh, ballet classes. And then as a teenager, I had a jazz band, a jazz trio. I had a rock band and a jazz fusion band and, uh, and a soul band. I, I was like, I had like five different bands and, uh, I thought, you know, because I'm German born, there is nothing I'm doing that uh, refers to my language. Everything was in English. And, and I um, decided after school, after, after high school to actually uh, study theater in Vienna at the, the Max Reinhardt seminar. And I really learned to dive into um, interpretation and language, um, cultivate language and the word, poetry, literature, all of that. And But I did it briefly. I didn't uh, finish uh, that because I then slipped back into music. But it was a great moment to uh, in my life to really understand what a character is about and storytelling. And <clears throat> yes, I did learn to storytell without music, but I always preferred storytelling in music. And that's what I'm actually doing in my own music, in my own songs. It's always a story that I try to draw in emotion and uh, and some some kind of like a uh, poetic reference to yeah to the human condition. It's very interesting. I mean, you talked about being involved in all of these different bands and, you know, inf influenced by all of these different art forms. And I just want to kind of compliment that uh, by asking you whether you found yourself in your formative years in Germany and in Austria, you said, too, within the right space that could nurture your various interests and then, you know, of course, uh, become, you know, what I would define as a multidisciplinary artist. Uh, I think I have found myself a lot later. In the beginning, I was just doing things. Um, and I was doing it with lots of enthusiasm. And I was training myself, you know, all the different disciplines. And I was performing in shows, musicals, and so in the beginning. But I was always more drawn. And um, my, my, my international career started with the foundation of the re-recordings of the music of Kurt Weill. And this, I'm talking about uh, the late 80s now, that this huge uh, record project project was launched by Universal Music to re-record the music that was banned by the Nazis. And that was the Jewish composers of the Weimar Republic, mainly Kurt Weill, of course, but Hollander, Schwulianski, uh, all the other like uh, satirical composers and, and lyricists um, that immigrated and fled from the Nazis. So I was the protagonist of this hugely important uh, project that brought back really and revived the music of the Weimar time. Uh, so I was wondering in between uh, theater and uh, recording career and uh, musical theater, London, New York, Broadway, and so and so. And only in the year 2000, I started to write my own music. It was actually inspired by an album I had recorded, which was called Punishing Kiss. It was with the music of uh, Elvis Costello, Nick Cave, uh, Tom Waits, uh, D The Divine Comedy. And this album suddenly catapulted me into a contemporary universe of music. And then I said to myself, hold on, I'm singing this. Uh, other, you know, fantastic artists are giving me and writing me songs, but why I have so much to say myself. I have lived already so much. Why am I not doing this myself? And um, kind of inspired by this m moment, uh, I just, you know, I played piano. 
I just went ahead and started my own first compositions. And uh, uh, there were numerous albums dedicated to the music, uh, to the words of Charles Bukowski, Pablo Neruda, Paulo Coelho, or my own lyrics. And um, yeah, so on and off between um, repertoire music, still I do lots of orchestra, string quartet recordings with like traditional music, uh, Kurt Weill and so on. So I've always uh, cultivated my own writings and um, yes, and with, with time traveler, it basically accumulated to, uh, you know, a nice contemporary state of my mind. Yeah, again, you know, this is something else that I would love to explore further. Uh, but as we talk about your interpretations of uh, the music of the Weimar Republic, this is something that obviously I haven't had the opportunity to talk about as much as I would like to in these podcast series. But I would love for you to to kind of, you know, offer your views on what it is about those times that continues to fascinate to this day, because the influence of those times, I feel, can be felt not only in music, but also in in fashion, in theater, in so many other art forms. Well, the Weimar, the culture of the Weimar Republic was revolutionary and um, was had a mind of the future. All traditions were broken. It, it started, uh, and, and it went in all the different genres of culture. The classical music, uh, they uh, d developed and discovered the 12-tone um, composition, which completely broke all traditions of harmonies. And uh, architecture, the Bauhaus, went ahead and took all the schnorkels of the buildings and did something functional, easy, but um, minimalist. Emancipation, women, the gender question was asked 100 years ago. We're talking about 1923, 24, when women were wearing trousers and asking, why do we need to like uh, behave ourselves like the traditional women? We want to work. We want to say what we think. We uh, have a mind of intelligence and we uh, are equal to the men and we uh, want to wear clothes that are completely um untypical for women but more like in the in the fashion of of men so far so they were wearing trousers um uh, the cabarets theater first developed political satire and women were writing about uh sexuality freedom of expression freedom of um uh, the press, uh, freedom of the women, um, freedom of choice, and uh, just questioning all aspects of, of uh, conventions. And uh, this political satire really never had happened before and was really mind-blowing for that time. Um, then we have uh, theater itself. Um, it was theater, especially in the collaboration with Brecht, Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill, that um, was not traditional theater. It was theater to educate people to open their mind about the circumstances of society injustice to go home and start a revolution. Uh, we know that Brecht was uh, influenced by um, the Marxist um, ideology of, uh, you know, equality, uh, no class society, everyone belongs, everything belongs to everyone. And we are all, there are no privileged uh, people, but we're all the same, which is a fantastic uh, idea, of course, impossible uh, to realize in, in a human uh composite of uh, people who strive for power and uh, and uh, priority. But uh, this theater he developed was definitely 
meant to give people this idea and to look around and change everything. And this was uh, in, in the on the background of the November Revolution, the Russian Revolution, the, the October Revolution and the November Revolution in Germany. The Kaiser was gone. Um, the Kaiser was, uh, you know, first democracy was at a tryout. Yet there was great misery, inflation, uh, poverty after World War One, And uh, in, in, in this kind of chaos, uh, a new the art started to blossom at all the different dimensions and broke all the rules and uh, regulations. So it was really a fantastic time. And then Hitler came in 1933. The Nazis came and destroyed every piece of this progressive society. Nothing was left. And uh, they took over with their fascist regime and destroyed the world and definitely uh, Germany too. In, in its uh, Weimar culture. And I always said that, um, it's a funny thought, that if Hitler wouldn't have destroyed the Weimar Republic after 1933, the 60s would have happened in the 40s already and right there in Berlin. That's a good point, actually. I never thought of it that way. And speaking of Kurt Weil and uh, Bertolt Brecht, I, uh, this is neither here nor there, but I recently watched a film version by Pabst uh, of the Three Penny Opera, which I believe they weren't delighted with at all. But I still enjoyed revisiting that that movie and revisiting some of the music. I think it's uh, absolutely splendid. wanted to briefly introduce cinema because one of the things that I wanted to ask you, you know, when you first started to make it and people were talking about you, I found out, this is something that I read, that uh, people were comparing you to Marlena Dietrich. And uh, I'm a huge fan of cinema as well as a huge fan of music. And is it true that you reached out to her and kind of tried to see what she thought? Of, what, what's the story there? Well, we are going way back in time again. Time traveler. Time traveler, <laughs> the subject yeah. of our interview. Uh, yes, we are going way back in time when she was still alive. She died in 1992. Yes, it was 1987. I was the Sally Bowles in the French production of uh, Cabaret uh, in Paris in the Théâtre Mogador. And I was a young German. Um, it was big success and everyone wrote because it was still the Cold War, imagine. And uh, suddenly there was this young German. And of course, they opened the drawers and go back to the stereotype uh uh, casting and they said, Oh, well, they're the new Marlene Dietrich. And, uh, I, I looked nothing like her. I had no, uh, you know, she was this incredible legacy at the time already living legacy and i found myself really embarrassed and in front of her i knew she hadn't left the house she was a, a recluse she lived in paris there and uh, didn't want to show her aged face and i wrote her a letter to apologize for this but also thank her for the inspiration she had given women for decades and with her progressive uh, attitude and so she called me back and um I didn't expect this at all. And we had a very long phone call, three hours in this summer of 1987. And uh, I based my uh, show, it's a stage show uh, called Rendezvous with Marlena on this phone call. When the young Ute speaks with the old Marlena, it's, it's a really a very uh, thrilling a theatrical moment where her life story, which is overwhelming. I mean, we know she was a huge Hollywood star, a chanteuse, a diva, all of that. But most of all, she was someone who was never allowed back in her home country, Germany, because she had fought for the American soldiers in World War II. And she was treated as a traitor all the way through the 60s and 70s, long after the war was over. So that makes you wonder and makes me wonder uh, why um, she was called that name so many decades after the war was over and what what 
was lacking in German thought and um, and and German uh, way to deal with the past. They, I guess, they hadn't confronted uh, their demons, and it took them a long time to do this. If they ever did. The track you are hearing is from Time Traveler, the latest album by Uta Lemper. And having talked about the past, we will now focus on present and future in our second part of our conversation with the artist, coming up in a moment. But first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, jazz's.com and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, Back to our conversation with Uta Lemper. You know, your new album, Time Traveler, we should really talk about it. It's it's fantastic. But, you know, it also feels like a, a personal album to me that you put out there. But yeah, just referring to the title, first of all, uh, I mean, what was the concept behind it? What was the idea that you had in mind when you first conceived of this project? Well, it first started with um, a, a funny coincidence. My partner and me, we found some old uh, analog tapes in, in the basement um, from the year 2000 um, it was from a 16-track analog uh, recording uh, device. And we had p- done some demos at the time. It was the beginning of my songwriting uh, years and we were like, oh my God, this is so fascinating. It brought me back into another time, you know, 23 years back when, uh, you know, well, him and me, we were freshly in love. It was uh, full of uh, eu- euphoria and, uh, and, and, and wonderful, uh, feelings in life. And, uh, and suddenly, uh, you know, we, we digitized these tapes and, uh, said, is there something in here that we can uh, use? And, and we started to work on a bunch of songs to uh, put them into a contemporary uh, uh, corset. And um, and then I suddenly, you know, said, yeah, we can use one or two songs of that old time, but let me write some new stuff. And uh, then I started with a whole new wave of songs. And But we had this arc of uh, time travel, you know, 23 years back and nowadays. So there is on this album, actually, there are two songs from the old times. Uh, the, the, vo- the vocals are much higher. You will hear the vocal difference. But we uh, produced it with more contemporary elements to to mash it but still there is an arc there between yesterday and today and tomorrow of course of storytelling and uh well time travel yes it's an interesting thought i I think when you get older uh, the interesting thing is that you don't feel time passing in in a horizontal way but uh, like one thing is after the other and it's just, uh, you know, uh, a horizontal line of uh, succession of events. 
nowadays i feel a lot more that it is a vertical event and uh, it's almost like a column a very wide column a room uh, that just grows higher and uh, you have all the memories and everything in the past uh, the incredible adventure of life is just all there uh, to 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 your disposition and you can access this very quickly it's an, uh, fascinating to think about time so anyway i decided to call this album time travel uh, there are some obviously some songs about the way i feel nowadays and uh, the peace of mind i have found in myself the uh, relativity of everything uh learning how to let go and to still keep your enthusiasm um how to deal with loss and uh and lost love and loss of many other things in life and yet to uh, always see the glass half full and never half empty and that um, basically the the true wisdom is always born out of uh, tears uh, not really out of uh, moments of glory or happiness it, it really the true wisdom always comes out of uh, moments of um uh, sadness and uh this by the way is something very interesting marlene dietrich also told me uh, in the phone call she said oh my dear don't you know uh, uh that uh, secrets of life are always born out of uh, the tears and and i used some of these uh, beautiful images anyway to uh, make my own poetry and uh, to put this into music and I, I don't want to forget there is beautiful incredible illustration on video if you go on youtube or vivo you will see um you know my name my album mutilab time traveler it's an incredible video and now a new video from another song is in my flame on the album which is uh, made with absolutely cutting edge ai technology you will see and it's mind blowing the realities that you can produce through this new technology and use it in an artistic uh, context absolutely fascinating well that's uh, that's interesting because aside from uh, the visual uh, also the music i felt had some uh, tradition but also some very modern elements in the arrangements and some of the sounds that we hear so while we talk about the concept i also wanted to ask you whether you had a specific sonic aesthetic in mind uh, when you were working on the album i certainly wanted to be sparse minimalist very direct and very simple in the so storytelling not use any kind of like uh, educated voices so but rather really raw voice of nature and uh, put of course with some programming very simple uh, keyboards and here and there some um, you know beautiful soprano saxophone that appears uh, the, the harmonies are soulful Uh, jazz influenced of course uh, there is some funky elements there and um i i really love uh, you know when i listen nowadays i, I love hayato's coyote i watched her, uh, her many times here in new york uh, i like uh, aspects of uh, john legend uh when he when the simple songwriting when and without too much production around it um i always love you know the the truthfulness of a voice of a saravon for example um yeah, yeah there there's a multiple influences but really at the very end it's it's my own thing and uh, with my partner we it's interesting he comes from the you know the, he's a drummer and uh, uh so, so it's just him and me and uh, our uh, you know you know bass player pianist who can you know kind of like do do a lots of different things in an absolutely fantastic way and Ezrin and the three of us just went ahead um and uh, with Aaron Hikes and saxophone 
in addition here and there to um, produce it uh, in the most really edgy contemporary way, but still use the the, the human aspect of uh, of the past. You know, and certainly all the singing is like <laughs> uh, really sung and uh, not manipulated now. One does nowadays. It's uh, very. I think it speaks very much to the heart, and uh, but still has a has a coat of contemporary minimalism in the music, neo pop or neo soul, you can call it maybe. And uh, earlier you brought up the literary influence of your music, and here too we find some of that. Uh, Mary Oliver, Jacques Prévert. and uh, yeah, I wanted to know about that because you've worked on projects before, some time defying collaborations with fame. Poets, you know, again, talking about time traveling, Paulo Coelho, Pablo Neruda. Uh, but I also wanted to know about these uh, poetic references that you've kind yeah. of sneaked into there and their meaning. Well, you know, I love to read poetry and here and there I find like such an incredible jewel that I want to use that a metaphor, like a Mary Oliver wrote a poem. Someone I once loved gave me a box of darkness and only many years later, I uh, realized that this was a gift. So uh, this idea um, I used for my song, The Gift, um, but you know, I didn't copy the poem, but I used the, the metaphor and uh, it's uh, such a wonderful thought. Again, it refers to what I said before, that uh, the true wisdom lies and uh, it clarifies to the, the, the tears. And uh, at the same time, of course, Jacques Prévert, I've sang uh, his music, well, the music of Cosma, Jacques Prévert poetry, many, many years. Uh, I have a huge uh, French uh, um, uh, affinity to, to, to this universe of um, uh, literature and music, Jacques Brel, uh, Prévert, and uh, Léo Ferry, and so on. So, so there is one little uh, part of one little poem uh, where the, this man sits on the bench in Parc Montsouris à Paris on the earth, uh, sur la terre, la terre qui est un astre. It's so beautiful. C'est tellement uh, charmant et uh, magnifique de, uh, to, to, to see this, uh, the, 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 the vision of this French movie that uh, le désespoir est assis sur un banc, the, the, the desperation sits on a bench. It's this old man with this uh, pipe and this little uh, uh, Basque uh, hat on, 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 on the side. Uh, it's so strong. And I just used this little metaphor in one song called A Magical Stone. Yes. So I, I love to be inspired by beautiful thoughts and things. I pick up little branches of, of wisdom you pick up along the way and in literature or just like, um, uh, looking around, you know, looking around. There's, I'm here in New York and I, I walk almost every day into a central park. It's not far away from here. And I walk around the reservoir. The reservoir is like an Indian reservoir, which uh, was built, um, uh, 200 years ago uh, to get the water into the city from uh, northern uh, state of New York. And this reservoir is still kept and it's in the middle of Central Park. You walk around, takes you an hour and it's so glorious. You're suddenly in the middle of nature. Uh, this, the city noises disappear and you hear the humming of the birds and you watch this water and the reflections in the water on one side is the trees. And on the other side, the reflection is the skyline of Manhattan. And it's such a incredible juxtaposition and contradiction of universes. And yet you walk around and you're in the heart of this uh, pulsing city. So I wrote a song about the reservoir. And there's also a fantastic video on YouTube uh, where I just filmed it with my own uh, phone. 
and uh, you know the impressions through the seasons. It's pretty magical. Now that the album is out, uh, what is uh, the plan? Uh, uh, will you be touring much? And what is the best way for people to keep up with the news? Yes, um, I will um, actually have a bunch of perform. I'm actually leaving uh, very soon to Germany and I will do um, shows in Germany. Uh, some of them referring to the new album. Some of them are my, my Lady Dietrich project. Uh, some of them are my book. I wrote an autobiography too, which is uh, released in German, will be in uh, Italian uh, and uh, hopefully, I hope really hope in English uh, very soon to be out in the year, in the next year. Yes, I uh, then I have in October a month of performances here in New York and Joe's pub a bunch of them in the Neue Gallery in Rose Hall at Lincoln Center um, so um, and then I just keep uh, you know you can see on my website utelemper.com there's lots of shows in all the countries uh, between Spain and Portugal f- France Italy uh, Ireland and uh, there's a UK tour planned in the next uh, March it's all written on my website. And uh, yes, I will uh, also, there were for j- so certain jazz festivals, I will present the entire album because it fits into the jazzy context of those festivals. But there's also a bunch of songs where I call it Time Traveler, but it's kind of a retrospective of my life. I add a little bit of Jacques Brel, Kurt Weill, Leo Ferré, and it's just my favorite things. Um, and I use the new songs to uh, to basically tell the story because the new songs are telling the story of my life. It's a bit of a quintessence and uh, looking back, a feeling. And uh, and I uh, adorn it with uh, these kind of memories of uh, wonderful repertoire that I sing for so many years. Well, Uta, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> the one thing that I regret is I didn't laugh enough Realize there are shortcuts to happiness, just needed to look for some more singing and dancing in the silence between us. Lies the secret, please protect my solitude. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Uta Lemper and I remind you that her latest album, Time Traveler, is available now. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Uta Lemper's Time Traveler plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Ace podcasts, our print magazine, including our recent Fall 2023 issue, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzace.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt McCucci signing off. See you soon. Move.